Well, how's everybody doing? You guys doing okay? I see a lot of red and green this morning, and uh, I hope you're ready for Christmas this week. Ready or not, here it comes. Merry Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year for most of us, right? (laughs) And it's the most exciting story. It's the most important time to share our faith with others that Jesus Christ, a Savior, has been born. And if that doesn't excite you, I'm not sure what will. And uh, last week we had the opportunity to, to experience really together uh, a great Christmas pre- presentation with angels and with shepherds and wise men and Mary and Joseph and a bunch of little sheep and then a bunch of little stars that kind of went like this across the stage. And uh, if you were here, you were blessed and uh, we want to just say thanks again. But all of those were part of this greatest story that was ever told. And I want to encourage us as families to share the story. Sometimes we get busy. Sometimes we get with our family that maybe uh, we're not as you know, comfortable around. And, uh, and sometimes we forget to share the story. And I want to just say this. This week, if there's an assignment that I could give to each and every one of you, is to get out your Bibles this week and read the story personally, You can see it in uh, Matthew chapter 1 and 2 or Luke chapter 2. I want you to read it personally. I want you to read it with your family. If you're with extended family, get them together. Get the kids to act it out. Whatever it takes, share the story because it's worth it. And God, He will honor that in our lives. We talked about that last week, just the memories of our of my family uh, growing up every year at grandma's house we were sharing the story we were singing happy birthday to jesus and we had a little cake or there we were acting it out and all these different things and it is so so important for us don't forget that and it's interesting that over the years you know as we've realized this is that the story of christmas it is rooted in love it's rooted in love. It's surrounded in love. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, right, so much that he gave his one and only son to be with us. Everybody say, with us. And he was with us, and he enjoys our company. He's pleased with us. He's interested in us. He's interested in our every move, and he loves you so much. He calls us his children. We read it this morning in John chapter 1, but also in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, we see that we are children of God. And within the Christmas story, there's a moment where Jesus is described as Emmanuel, which we sang this morning. Reagan, awesome job. And uh, last week we started to unpack this idea that God is with us. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. That the God of the universe, He wants to abide, dwell with us. He wants it deeply, passionately. And He doesn't make any of us exempt his heart is for you, and his heart is for me. And the idea of this, that this God with us, the presence of God, has really intrigued me over the past several 
weeks and really over like the past couple months. And it really goes back to this fall when I was down and out, really physically uh, challenged uh, for eight weeks. And I've to- told the story where my leg was hurting and then I had surgery on my vocal cords and then I ended up with shingles on my head and, and all of these things. And I was really down and discouraged. And it was at that point where I realized that the presence of God was with me, and that was enough. No matter what I was facing, that God was enough. And then I ended up going, uh, with the doctor's permission, to go to the Turks and Caicos Islands to serve. And uh, boy, what a blessing that was. But as I was there, the one big takeaway for me from that trip was the presence of God that was needed in my life. God with me. I needed it day in and day out. And there was a renewed passion that came from that missions trip in my life to be with the Lord. And you know, there's in ministry a direct correlation to effective ministry with the presence of God. And we get that. That the more time in the Word, more time in worship and prayer, the more time in the presence of God, the more effective, the more uh, fruitful ministry will be. But the, tr- the same is true in every area of our lives. Being with God, inviting Him into your life, inviting the presence of God in our everyday, it affects everything, church, positively. In fact, it will affect our families and our marriages. It will affect us at school and in our work. You name it. Every single area of your life will be affected when the presence of God is welcome. When Emmanuel, God with us, is recognized and embraced. Turn with me to John chapter 14. We will see here that it was God's plan from the very beginning of time to be with us, to be with us, to abide with us, to speak with us, to guide us, to teach us all things. And look what it says here in uh, John chapter 14. Jesus here is promising the Holy Spirit. He says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because he because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he lives look what it says with you and will be in you the spirit of god residing in us and god wants to be with us more than just going through the motion it's not that okay we showed up to church we checked that off the list or we read our Bible, or we saw a verse um, of Scripture pop up on, the, on uh, Facebook. Boom, we checked that off. We were with God. Or we prayed at dinner as a family. We checked that off. We were with God. No, it's more than just going through the motions. As I was praying about this, it really, uh, the, the illumination or the idea that came to my mind was that it's very similar to with our own kids. And I had a heightened awareness over the last several weeks that I want to be with my kids. I want to spend time with my kids. And some of you have kids that are growing and out of the house. Can you relate? You want to be with your kids. The Morellises. For all these months, Chloe's been gone, but now she's back. She's with you. Isn't that wonderful? 
<laughs> Julie, on, on uh, Friday night at, at the Christmas party, you were glowing. <laughs> Jessica said, man, she was happy that Chloe was home. <laughs> and it's true. We want to be with our kids. But, you know, it's more than just being with our kids, just riding in the car. We check that off. Or, you know, taking them to this sporting event or to this school or even on the way to church. Oh, we were with the kids in the car. Check it off. No. And we'll talk more about this at the end. But we want to be with our kids. And the same is true. Our Heavenly Father wants to be with us. Again, I said God's plan from the beginning was for His presence to be with us. And there's a lot of truth here. And I want to just take you on a little journey. And you can turn to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to flip through a few of these different stages and seasons in history where God was with his people. And in Genesis chapter 3, it kind of describes God dwelling with man in the garden. Look what it says in verse 8. It says, "Then Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And then it says, and then they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. The part I want you to focus on there is that they heard the Lord and they were walking as the Lord was walking among them in the garden. There was this idea that before the fall, that God walked with Adam and Eve. There was a level of fellowship they were, they were, of course, naked. They were unashamed. They were hanging out in the presence of God. And that presence of God is described in some ways as a light. Whether he, they saw him face to face, we're not clear in Scripture. Um, we don't know, but we understand that it was perfection to be in the presence of God, the Garden of Eden. And then, of course, as time went, the fall of mankind came, the separation from that, pre- from that perfection. Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. But it was still God's desire to be with man. It's always been that way, to be with his people, to look at the history of Israel. A cloud by day, a fire by night, the spirit, the presence of God went with the children of Israel. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. At this point, uh, the, the tabernacle, the tent of meetings was established. And we see that God was dwelling uh, not with man in the garden now, but he was near man in the tabernacle and, and then eventually in the temple. Look what it says. It says, then have them make for me a sanctuary and I, God, will dwell among them. That word dwell means to be with. He would be with them. And this was a new season for the children of Israel. And what came with that is that there was now this tent of meetings or eventually this tabernacle or this temple where there was now protocol at special times with certain regulations. They could come into the presence of God. And it was only a select few people that could go in. There was one tent, one temple for millions of people. And so the sense at that point was that God was near the people. But God was still right there. He was with them. And that was for hundreds, for thousands of years in that way, that God was near the people. And then you fast forward to the New Testament, and God's presence changes. 
In John chapter 1, verse 14, we read it this morning. The Word became flesh. The incarnation. A Savior was born. Christmas is here. And so God was dwelling at that point in the temple, of course, still. But He also was dwelling in one man, in Jesus. And in the Gospels, we see God's plan unfold. The Holy Spirit overshadows Mary and impregnates her. Then Jesus is born a baby, vulnerable. He was fully God, dwelling in Jesus' body. 100% God, 100% man. And we don't understand that completely. It's hard to get our minds around that. But what we do understand is that it was indeed Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel was here face to face at this point. And then after 33 years, Jesus died. We know the story. He died for the sins of the world. And upon his death, a veil in the temple was ripped from top to bottom. And at that moment, it made the temple obsolete. It was unnecessary in regards to the presence of God. And from that moment on, it was not God with us. It was not God near us or God only in the person of Jesus. Now, it was God dwelling in His people by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8, verse 9, it says that the Spirit of God lives in you. His presence is in us. God desires and wants to be in us, church. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, when we look at Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it describes our body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. The incarnation, God revealing His nature inside of each of us. The Spirit given without measure for you and for me. It's in us. Now, we don't become gods ourselves, but He does dwell within us. We can hear His voice through impression or sometimes even an audible voice. We know His Word inside of us. It becomes life. It brings life to us. The Word works out beyond our understanding. The Word at work inside of us. And it's because of the presence of God inside of us. The presence of God, church, is rich and it's full. It's the best age that we are living in, the best season so far. When you look at the different ways that God was with his people, but it won't be that way forever. The way it is, God in us, at the end of the age, God's presence will change again. And we see it in Revelation 21 and in 22 that God at that moment at the end of time will dwell with and near and in us in heaven and boy that's a time that we have to look forward to turn with me to revelation chapter 21 and right at the end of scripture we get these great promises these great pictures of what God is wanting to do. Let's look at it. Verse 3, 20, chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling 
of God is with man, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, for the old order of things has passed away. And from that moment until forever and eternity, we will be with and near, and God will be in us in heaven. Turn just a page over to, to Revelation 22. Look what it says, in, uh, starting in verse 1. Then the angel showed me a river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nation. And we, as you continue, verse 3, No longer will there be any curse, praise God. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will serve Him. In verse 4, look what it says, And they will see His face. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. The idea is that the presence of God will be with us. It'll be right there near us, face to face. It'll be in us forever and for eternity. That idea of Emmanuel, God with us, his presence in our lives. And today, we have the opportunity to have that presence inside of us to an unlimited measure. But the truth is, is there are barriers. There are things that will keep us from the presence of, of God. And many people lack this God with us experience or this God in us experience because of distractions. You say, well, what kind of distractions are you talking about? It could be things like being discontent with your life in general, or being discontent with a job, or there may be distractions because you say, well, I'm, I'm a single adult, and I don't know what my future looks like, or I've got a desire to be married, and that can become a distraction. Or you say, boy, I'm in a marriage, and, and I'm working on my marriage. That can become a distraction from the presence of God. As we raise our kids, trying to get our kids to the best schools or connected with the right sports or thinking about college beyond, that can be a distraction. Our simple pace of life can become a distraction. Our, if our life is not sustainable, the pace. Our indebtedness can become a distraction. Keeping up with the Joneses, trying to, 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 to create an, an experience that is beyond your capacity financially. And not only debt, but prosperity can become a barrier, a distraction, success, so on and so forth. We could go on and on and on. And what happens, church, is that there becomes in many cases, a neglect of the presence of God. The presence of God, God in us, is not acknowledged. And many people will trade the presence of God for the things of this world. 
And we pursue what makes us happy, especially in America. Oh my goodness. What fulfills us is success in money and fame. Or we're consumed with stuff. Our home, our car, our next vacation. Within our families, it could be schools or colleges or sports teams, like I said. And at Christmas time, when we say Merry Christmas, we say Happy Christmas, right? We want to we say that along the way. But what is Christmas from a secular standpoint? And we can all get caught up in this. It's consumerism at its finest, isn't it? And it's ridiculous. But it's hard for all of us not to get caught up in the hustle and the bustle. Our pursuit for stuff, our pace of life. As one pastor said, we have people in our churches that suffer from a when-then syndrome. When this happens, then I'll be happy. When uh, so-and-so likes me, then I'll be happy. When my bank account looks this way, then I'll be satisfied. Or when this happens, then that, I'll be happy. And the question is, is at what point is enough enough? At what point would it take in your life for you to truly be happy? It's a good question to ask. I think we should all wrestle with that. But you know what? Paul, the Apostle Paul in Philippians, he gives us some insight. In Philippians chapter 4, in fact, I want you to turn there. We're going to look at a few verses here. At this moment in Paul's life, Paul is an old man. He's lived a long time. He's in prison, in chains. It had to have been smelly. The food would have been horrible. He had scars all over his body. You say, how do you know that? Well, at this point, he had experienced the 39 lashes two different times. And so he had to have scars. He had spent a night and a day in the ocean. His, one of his buddies and uh, companions, Demas, had betrayed him. And so he had relationship conflict. His health was not good. And it appeared that he was on the list to be executed i mean not a good day i mean as as i would look at it but look what paul his demeanor he writes to the philippians and really the letter of philippians is a thank you letter to the church and look what it says in verse 10 of chapter 4 it says i rejoice you may want to underline that you may want to highlight that because i rejoice greatly in the lord that is that at last you have renewed your concern for me. He's saying, finally, you're thinking about me, right? Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have have had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned, I have underlined that in my Bible, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned The secret, right, of being content in any and in every circumstance, situation, whether well-fed or hungry, while living in plenty or in want, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He says, I rejoice. I have learned. He's not depressed at this point. He's not full of self-want. But he says, I have all I need. I have 
enough. And I believe that Paul understood, especially at this point in his life, that God's presence in his life was enough, period. The presence of God. It wasn't everything else. It was the presence of God that was enough. And for us, it's not the right stuff. It's not the right school or the right job or the right spouse or the right vacation. Can I be so bold on the week of Christmas to say it's not whatever's on your Christmas list that's going to make you happy, the right TV or gadget. Or for me, this year, I've got a pair of hiking boots that I wanted. And uh, my parents, they send me money. And I used to not spend it on myself. And, I used, and they said, we will stop sending you money. They wanted me to spend money on my... And so I ordered a pair of new hiking boots that I thought I wanted. But you know what? As much as I wanted those boots, it, that is not what's going to make me happy. It's contentment. Being satisfied. And contentment comes from a dependency on our Heavenly Father, on our Lord Jesus Christ. An understanding of God's showing up in our lives. God with us. Emmanuel, God in us and having an awareness. And as a child of God, we need His presence. We need it. We need it. And it takes time in His presence. Like our own kids, it takes time. Isn't that the truth? It's not just going through the emotions and saying, hey, we're in the car together, but the earbuds are in or they're on their phone or or playing some game online, right? No. Put that stuff down. Our kids, they need us face to face. They need a heart connection. They need us to lay across the bed at night when they're struggling. They need us to give up a night of playing basketball like my son did, uh, that I did for my son this week. He needed me on Thursday night. And if I would have went to to play, I would have missed an opportunity to be with my son when he needed me this week. And the same is true for us spiritually, church. Our Heavenly Father, He says, look, I have so much for you. I've got so much. And He says, I am enough. In the world's way, I've got it in my notes here, I said, the world system, it sucks. <laughs> it's not good. It sells us lies. The bigger, the better. That is not the case. In the world system, it's almost like a silent killer, a silent assassin. It's like a CO2 leak in a house. You cannot be detected. This idea that we would want more and we're pursuing the next thing and we're always concerned about more and more consumerism and those types of things, neglecting the presence of God. And what happens with a CO2 leak, no one can detect it. Fatigue sets in. You get tired. And if it's happening to several people, those that are around you, if it's affecting everyone, you cannot even determine in other people. You don't realize it when others are suffering in the same way. In our world system, it's affecting us, even in the church It affects each and every one of us. If we're not careful, it will kill us. It will cause us to turn away 
from the pure presence of God and it, we will find what we think is a better way. But the best way is the, to be completely dependent on God. God with us, God in us. And this is what our Lord and Savior offers His presence. It's a simple message, but His presence is enough. It's enough. It's enough. Jesus, Savior, King, Emmanuel, Son of God, Heavenly Father, dwelling with us. And so this Christmas, on this Christmas Sunday morning, I want you to experience the presence of God. I want you to invite Him in in a special way this season. I want your awareness to be stronger, to be more aware of His presence. And there's a song that we've been singing all year long. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit song. And there's a part that says, let us become more aware of His presence, right? And it's really become an anthem for our church. When we talk about this year with, with Pastor Bobby, as we've looked at our song selection, that has been a song that has been a staple for us, really, since January all the way to December. I don't know how long we'll sing that song. You know, songs have their seasons. But, but for us, this song has been stirring in my heart over and over, and that idea. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to end with a moment of worship, letting God know that we desire His presence, His Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And so, uh, Bobby and the worship band, if you could come back, I want to just acknowledge this morning that we are children of God, that especially if we have given our heart, surrendered our heart to the Lord, we have the right to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God, but we have got to accept this. And if you're here this morning and on this Christmas Sunday morning, you have never given your heart to the Lord. And I'm looking over our, our crowd and I'm, I know most of you, but if you feel like you are away from the Lord or you need to return to Him, there's no better Sunday than Christmas Sunday to acknowledge, say yes to Jesus. And so this morning, if that's you and you want to experience salvation in that way, I want, we're going to give you that opportunity here in just a moment. But the awareness, that dependence, saying, God, I don't want to do this on my own. I want to challenge you in these next few moments as we close our service, our second to last service of the year, could we find ourselves in the presence of God, aware of His presence, and then to walk out with our antennas high. And I want to just warn you that as you pursue the presence of God, it's kind of like chocolate. You get a taste of it, and you want more. When I was in the Turks and Caicos, this desire just kept on overwhelming me that I needed the presence of God. I couldn't make it without it. And as I've done some work around that, I've done some study, asking God to fill me, to keep on filling me with His presence. There's a desire to go deeper, to say, God, I want all 
that you have for me. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you to consider the same pursuit. To say, God, it's not about this week, the presence underneath the tree. It's about you, Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. God residing in us. I'm going to ask that you stand this morning. And Pastor Bobby, if you could lead us. And then we're going to come to a point of decision. You may want, as we sing, to slip out and to just come and find some time at the altar. We've got lots of time here. And we want to just close this service, this Christmas time, to say, God, be near. Be with us. Be inside of us. Let's sing this together. I love this song. Now, we've sang this song dozens of times this year. But at this time of year, I want you to make it personal. I want you to make it in your heart and in your mind an anthem. And I want us to come back to that. Let us become more aware of your presence just a moment. But before I do, if you're here and you do not know the Lord as your personal Savior, He came to this earth as a baby. He lived a perfect life and He died for you. And if this morning, if you need to receive Him, because He offers it as a gift, if you are ready to receive that gift of eternal life and you're here this morning, I want you just to lift your hand right where you are. Who here this morning is saying, ready, I'm ready, or maybe I've served the Lord, I understood this at one point, but I need to come back to the Lord today. Is there anyone here, first service, saying yes to Jesus in this way? Anyone at all? All right. I don't see any hands this morning. And really, as I've been preaching, I, I, this, we have a core of people here. I don't think there's any guests this morning, first time at least, but, uh, we've, and we understand that. But could we be honest with one another today? Maybe to come to a place of decision and understanding and maybe a point of, of uh, pulling back the layer to reveal where our heart really is with the Lord. And I'm just going to ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes here this morning just for a moment because I want to ask you a question about your awareness of the presence of God in your day today and how are you doing with that and I'm wondering how many here this morning if they were honest you'd say you know pastor I'm struggling with the presence of God in my day-to-day and how many would just be honest enough to lift your hand and again I'm not gonna call you out but yes thank you I know some hands here yeah saying, boy, that I struggle with that awareness. I struggle with giving God that priority. You can put your hands down. Anyone else saying, yeah, that's where I am today? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, God, from the very beginning of time, church, has desired to be with us. And at this point in our lives, He has given us the ability to, He resides inside of us, which is amazing. 
So I'm going to ask one more question. And really, this is for everyone here. If you're here today and you desire to be more aware, like this song says, I'm going to ask that you would do something. I want you to move your position. If you're standing, you may want to kneel. If you're sitting, you may want to stand. If you're where you are, you may want to slip out to the aisle or maybe come forward in the presence of God. But as we close, and this will be the last time we sing through it, to let us become more aware of your presence. I want you to only sing that if you deeply desire that in your life. And I want you to change your position just as an accent. You know what, God? I'm going to step out or I'm going to kneel. I'm going to bow before you. And I'm going to make this my anthem. This is my prayer this Christmas and for my life to be more aware. To be more aware. Let's sing that together. Let us become more aware of your presence. Lord, your presence this Christmas. You're all I need, you're all I need. Come on, just in your own words, cry out to God. We thank you, Lord. God, I need you. Lord, fill me again, oh God. Help my life to matter, God. Help my example to be for you, Lord. Help me to walk with you, God, to talk with you, Lord. Lord, consume me. Lord, move in my life, God, I pray. Pour out your Spirit on us, God, on your church, God. Lord, move in a mighty way. God, have your way. Go before us, God, behind us, God. Lord, give us the time. Help us make the time to be with you. You are have your way let us experience thank you Emmanuel thank you Thank you, Lord. God, you've met us here. But the beautiful thing is, Lord, you are ever present. You're always there. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And God, when we are aware, when we make the conscious choice to walk with you, to talk with you, God, you move with us. And so today we make a decision in our hearts and in our minds to put you first, to carve out time, 
Lord, help us to desire it like we desire the Christmas goodies of the season. Like that eggnog that comes around once a year, right? Help us, God, to desire you. Or those Christmas wreaths or whatever the favorite is in your mind. God, I pray that we would desire it more than anything. Help us, Lord, to put you first. To put you first. That desire. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just linger a little longer. Oh, we love you, Lord. It's in your presence. There's fullness of joy. Lord, meet us. Lord, for those that raise their hands saying they are lacking that awareness or that that priority. God, I pray you would move deeply in their lives. God, purify us as we have more of you, Lord. I pray there would be less of ourselves, less of the world. God, let your light shine inside of us. Give us boldness to share of your goodness, especially this week, God, I pray. Oh, God, meet us. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Lord, you're here. Thank you, God, for meeting us. created beings you desire to be with us and in us we look forward to the day we'll be near you again face to face in heaven oh God I pray thank you for your power provision cast our cares on you Lord Lord meet us Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. You burn in our hearts, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Hallelujah. The presence of God is here, and I just don't feel like we want to break this. And, and uh, I believe that God is doing a, a deep work in some hearts and lives and and uh, for some this is the picture I have is that you are you've been dry and the Lord is just pouring his spirit he's the waters are hitting that dry soil and sometimes if it does if it's just a quick rain it, it kind of just disperses but I see that the, as we wait that that water goes into the soil, and this is kind of the picture that I, I see that it, it kind of is softening the ground. And God is doing a deep work in our hearts this morning. He's preparing us 
in his presence. Your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, God, do far beyond what any of us could imagine in our lives. God, move this morning. Move in this season of our church, God. More than anything, we need you. We need you. We need you, God. Praise you. I worship the Lord. I just want to give opportunity if the Lord is kind of stirring inside of you. Maybe you feel like you have a word or of encouragement. We want to make provision for that. And uh, if you do, I'd encourage you to come forward. We'll make sure that everyone can hear. Just give a second for that. If the Lord is, if you were kind of waiting, oh, if I had an opportunity, I feel like the Lord wants to share. Um, I want to give you that opportunity. Eva, yeah, here, let's get a microphone, Eva. All right, yeah. It's just like being consumed by his love. He said, be consumed by my love, and you will not worry, and you will not fret, because you will be consumed. Consumed. It's so deep to be loved you so much, and when you're consumed by his love, you'll not be faint, and you'll reach out to others, and mm. you'll be overflow. It mm. sounds overflow, you not bet. be working it. Right. Thank you, God. It's just like an overflow. Mm. Like some of us are like water gardens, yeah. and you were talking. Yeah. Some of us are water gardens, mm -hmm. and the more that you reach out, but there are still those that being, you know, the the water of the Lord can yeah. come in. Well, when you're consumed mm. by his love, do you need anything? Nothing. That's all we need. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Beautiful picture. Anyone else? Okay, that's me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just ask that your that this moment, God, would be just the start. God, that it would be sustainable. And Lord, where we've struggled in the past, I pray that we would find just a breakthrough. God, where we have been unintentional, God, I pray that we would become more aware and we become intentional to be with you. Holy Spirit, together we invite you into our lives. And we, Lord, we know you already reside there if we believe in you, but Lord, in a greater fashion, to an overflowing to being consumed like Eva just shared, that your love would just overwhelm us. God, thank you. Thank you. We pray these things in your wonderful name. And Lord, as I often pray, 
a prayer benediction, Lord, that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. And this morning, I just feel compelled and go in us, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Amen, amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks for sticking around and pressing in and go in the grace of God. And as you leave this morning, make sure you hug someone or give them a high five or a handshake and let them know that God is good and go in the grace of God. Amen.